Peace and thank you, family, for tuning into Creative Habits Podcast. I'm your host, Philip Anthony. And I'm your co-host, Indigo. We're based in Washington, D.C. with leading discussions on topics surrounding pop culture, business, lifestyle, and art with an occasional guest appearance within the creative and entrepreneurial industry. What's up, what's up, what's up, my beautiful family? I hope everyone is having a wonderful day. How you doing today, my love? I'm well, how are you? I can't complain. Um, so let's start off with the news topic. What's the news topic for today? Have you ever watched the show um, Family Matters? No. Never <laughs> Of course I watched it's, it's, it. It's a, it's, it's a black staple. It's like, you know... It's Family like, matters. It's one of the greatest shows ever created. And um, one of the stars of the show is called Jaleel White, um, a.k.a. Steve Urkel. So, actor Jaleel White, <clears throat> excuse me, known for playing Steve Urkel in the 1990s sitcom Family Matters, is going all out to promote his up-and-coming, um, upcoming Purple Urkel cannabis brand. So basically, he's selling some good purple Urkel weed. Um, <clears throat> on Saturday night, White was featured in the opening skit of the Jake Paul Triller Fight Club alongside Snoop Dogg. In the skit, White reprised his role as Steve Urkel and sparked up some of that purple Urkel weed with <laughs> Snoop Dogg. In a bizarre video to promote to promote his new brand, Purple Urkel. <clears throat> so, what you think about that? I think that's cool. I'm all for people that start new businesses, and um, yeah, that's pretty awesome. What do you think about it? I think he's going to make a lot of money, Purple like a, sh- a shit ton of money, especially for those that grew up with Family Matters. I think. Yeah, yeah. A lot of people will support. Yeah, I'm very proud of him, man. <laughs> he hasn't really starred in any like a lot of roles after Steve Urkel. So, whatever he can do to make some money, you know, provide, I'm all for it. Yeah, and last week we discussed DMX. Remember, we had a um, podcast about DMX, and unfortunately, he didn't make it. Rest in peace Rest to in the peace X man. To the X. Yeah, I definitely played a lot of um, his music while I was going to work. Me too. Surprisingly, he has some really good like music to listen to when you go to the gym mm. or workout. It's like yeah. it keeps you amped, uh, keep gets you motivated. Like, uh, man, rest in peace, damn. That's man. how I feel. I felt like I was getting my day started. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. With a little DMX. Okay. Yeah. So, what are we discussing today? We are discussing generational wealth. Generational wealth. What yeah. is it? Generational wealth is the inequality in the United States, also known as the wealth gap. Um, it is unequal distribution of assets among residents of the United States. Wealth commonly includes the value of any homes, automobiles, personal valuables, businesses, savings, and investments as well as any associated debt. Yeah, I think the main thing though is that it basically is wealth that is passed down from one generation to the next. 
Absolutely. So I think um, that it can cause inequality when it comes to this country mm-hmm. and how it's set up where the history of, you know, who attains generational wealth. Yeah. But I believe that, um, yeah, it's basically like wealth, significant wealth that is passed down through generations. So I'm not talking like, you know, 10K, but enough money so that your family line has, yeah. you know. Not only that, but um, redlining um, African-Americans and minorities who uh, aren't um, accessible to uh, bank loans. Like um, a lot of black and, and brown people get rejected for bank loans for houses. So they're businesses. unable to reach exactly. a level of generational wealth. Um, I read somewhere a long time ago, it said um, that the average African-American household will take at least 250 years to accumulate the same quote-unquote wealth wealth as a, a regular Caucasian household. Yeah, well, it's not like we were set up. This country isn't built or designed for non-white people. Right. So I feel like there's a reason why there is a huge gap in the spread of generational wealth. Or the ability to gain generational wealth for your family line. Right. But it's hard to say because there's a lot of, like, poor white people out there, too. Like, you remember in um, the housing crisis? Mm -hmm. um, What was it? The recession? Mm -hmm. A lot of white people lost their homes, too, because banks, like, defaulted on their mortgages and home loans and stuff Mm -hmm. like that. So I can agree with that, but there's a significant amount of people that are able to get um, opportunities Mm. despite um, their circumstance. So I think the difference between, um, you know, race, which is what America is built by and who gets what, but you mentioned redlining Mm -hmm. and that's something where I feel like it's more, much more easier for a person who is Caucasian to get loans or to get um, approval of certain things that other races may not have an opportunity to get. I think it's the top, like, 1% to 5% of the United States, you know, like, Americans, like, people who are above a certain tax bracket, like, you know, if it's not passed down generational wealth or Mm -hmm. if they just accumulated wealth in their um, business ventures, you know, um, for example, a lot of, um, what was it, documentary that we just seen or article that we just seen about rich um, parents paying to send their uh, children to school. Yes, paying directors and... <laughs> yeah, like they're bypassing Presidents SATs. Presidents university. And, mm-hmm. and, and they were lying, saying the children were playing sports when they really wasn't. So they mm. were giving out sports scholarships and shit like that. But basically they were just lining... Uh, people's pockets to get their children in school when their children was like you know not didn't work hard enough to get there so Mm. it was basically handed it to them right well that's why i understand the concept of why the quote that says that you know a certain race has to work 110 percent um versus others that may have opportunities or you know a connection to be able to get or move forward in this specific position. 
Mm. But um, the average net worth of white households is six to seven times higher than that of black and Hispanic or Latino households. Mm-hmm. That's significant, if you ask me. That's, that's very significant. And I think that the disparities have generally widened over time and I think will continue to persist, um, especially since COVID happened. Yeah. I think a lot of people that were homeowners are no longer homeowners. Yeah. Um, and I think that, unfortunately, black people are the ones that are suffering the most. Not to say that everybody is not suffering, yeah. but I think because we already are at a, a, a disadvantage, mm. um, it's difficult to to reach <laughs> a certain yeah. le- level of wealth or to maintain it in our families. We can definitely say um, we're at a di- disadvantage, you know, from our perspective. But I also believe it's a lot of like, I don't think there's I'm going to be a middle class anymore. You hmm. know what I mean? So it's just going to be a divide between the rich and the poor. Yes. I, th- I think no. it's, it's, it's kind of sad if you think about it, because I also was reading somewhere that um, black women are the most educated mm-hmm. um, as far as just pursuing uh, higher education. Mm-hmm. And a lot of them don't get the opportunities of what they mm-hmm. studied in college or university. Mm-hmm. So it's like you you have, you know, the intelligence to be able to get those positions, but those opportunities aren't still not afforded. Those opportunities not granted to you. Yeah, um, wealth is a crucial is crucial for the household. Mm-hmm. Um, economic security, their economic opportunities, and their um, economic protection. You know, during crisis and stuff like mm-hmm. that. So, if there's people, if there are people, I know there's people out there who are living check to check. Something like the pandemic, coronavirus, you can't go to work, everything's shut down. Um, those people won't be able to, to provide, you know what I mean? Yeah. Especially like immigrants who don't have like social security numbers or working on their papers. Like they, they couldn't get um, stimulus checks. Or unemployment. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. that's that's fucked up. Yeah. That's fucked up. What do you think, in terms of your personal background, could be something where you can start a form of generational wealth and mm-hmm. continue it through your line? What I didn't... My mother always taught me that credit was everything. Pay your bills on time. Um, if you get a credit card, always pay that on time because credit is, is worth way more than money. You know what I mean? If you have a, a great credit score, um, hopefully you'll be able to get a, a a mortgage on a nice house or loan on a car or something mm-hmm. like you have to have good credit or if you did want to like start your own business you have to have like really good credit and she always taught me like pay your bills on time even though we didn't really have much 
she always kind of like instilled that on me. Not saying that my credit is perfect now, but I understand the value in it. What about you? Well, to me, I kind of feel like generational wealth means leaving a significant inheritance to my family line. And I think that it's beyond credit, but making a plan as far as trying to figure out, okay, how can I make an income that I don't touch that doesn't include my savings? Mm -hmm. So savings is for, I would say, emergencies. But let's say if we were to build a business and make sure that that business is something that is maintained and lasts longer than us both and continues on in the family. So there's always something that's that's there or even getting stock, you know, yeah. or being educated about what's out there. Because I, growing up, besides the same thing that you shared about credit and paying your bills on time, was not educated about investments or stock. Mm-hmm. I know nothing mm-hmm. about that. And I think sometimes a lot of people that didn't have an experience of knowing what generational wealth looks like has a disadvantage in not knowing the education behind it. Yeah. So I think my goal, you know, between now and the next five to 10 years is really educating myself in gaining financial independence, but also understanding how finances work. Yeah, it's all important. It's all important. Having mm-hmm. financial literacy, having um, great credit, even um, I was listening to this podcast called um, Earn Your Leisure. Mm-hmm. And this one guy was talking about um, he added his child onto his credit card mm-hmm. and um, made sure he paid every time everything one time and by the time the child was 18 he already had a perfect mm-hmm. credit score and that's great and that's that's things that i feel like are you know what i mean are done <laughs> yeah to be able to set your people that are beyond you right because there's there's people from our environment who can't have access to loans or business loans or Mm -hmm. stuff like that because their credit is shitty. And not having the information or the financial literacy literacy, um, to to understand that, it's like people are going with... uh, It's like people are running in place and not going anywhere. Right. But I, I would say that I'm sympathetic towards that because I think that because we're not given an advantage, if there's an emergency in a family, most likely a lot of us can't afford like a medical bill mm-hmm. out of pocket. Yeah. And I think that it come, it takes like community to assess what that support. Absolutely. Um, but I also know some people that do the opposite of what you were saying about putting your child's name on a credit card. Mm-hmm. They'll put the child's name, but then use and that credit card and mess the credit up. The credit yeah, up. The credit so up. then you're already setting up your child for failure. Financial failure. Financial literacy. So I was reading on um, Market Watch that they were saying that people who inherit generational wealth have a significant financial advantage over those who do not. So they'll likely have the ability to avoid student loans Mm -hmm. and pay out of pocket. Mm -hmm. (laughs) You know, I, I didn't have the luxury of doing that, so I have significant student loans. So it's almost like the system puts things in place for certain people knowing that they're unable to do that. But then others who have generational wealth are, you know, 
are able to avoid student loans. Mm-hmm. Um, but instead, um, for those who inherit generational wealth, their inheritance could go towards income generating investments, assets which appreciate in value or like even houses. towards purchasing homes. Yes. Yeah. So it's like basically a strategic plan as to knowing what you're working for. Because some of us just go to work because we want to make money and that's it. But there's no future goals as to what those financiers are doing for the future. And a lot of us have the mentality of renting instead of to own. Mm. You know? um, What do you mean by that? There's people in my old neighborhood who lived in a house for maybe... 30, 20, 30 years, and they've just been renting all their time. Instead and that's a of waste of money. Owning that house so it'll uh, appreciate over time, maybe pass that house down to their children and keep it in the family until the house is worth, you know, a lot of money. Mm-hmm. But can you imagine the lack of education? Because I'm, mm-hmm. I'm talking from my own personal experience, yeah. where it's like, I, I don't, I legitimately don't know or understand anything that has to deal with like home purchasing investments Mm -hmm. and stock and I see people do it but it's intimidating because it's like (laughs) I don't know if I can do that the same way I felt about like buying a car for the first time I I didn't feel like I was able to do that Mm -hmm. so it's it's you know it's mainly I feel like the lack of having you know, family members that come to you and say, this is how it's supposed to be done. I think nowadays we're, we're educating ourselves and doing the research and mm-hmm. doing the work in order to catch I was just up. about to say, I think it's mm-hmm. a, um, a mind state. You know, you got your master's, you went to a, a really great art school mm-hmm. because you sat down, you studied, you learned from professionals, you know, maybe if we had mentors or, mm-hmm. you know, um, go to some of these seminars but it's hard to say because a lot of the seminars you have to pay out of pocket and um a lot of those seminars seem like they just want to get you get their get your money instead of like actually teaching you hmm. what you need to learn in order to like uh flip houses or have investment houses and stuff like that Yeah, I would say that um, going to an art school that was predominantly white, um, it was it was really difficult for me because I couldn't do the things that I I I envisioned doing Mm. because of financial issues. Mm. So already it was very expensive. I got a scholarship, but it was half, you know, and even half didn't do much. So I spent most of my time in college working, but. Unfortunately, like I would be the dumpster diver. So anytime mm. like kids would leave their paint supplies or art supplies, I would use found objects for my art projects, but it wasn't something that I wanted to do. Yeah. Um, so I think yeah, it's it's <laughs> but I don't know. Just having access to certain information, like mm-hmm. um when America started making like locomotive trains and stuff like that Mm -hmm. other countries came in seen how they how they created that Mm -hmm. and then made it better Mm -hmm. for their country you know just you having that access to going to that amazing art school and Mm -hmm. and learning from those people 
you take that information and you make it better and work to your benefit. Absolutely. I think it's also fair because if mm. you think about Tulsa mm. and the fact that black people were already creating a form of generational wealth and by doing that, you have to face the circumstances of somebody shutting it down completely. Yeah. And I think a lot of the choices that are made <laughs> are based off of fear. Okay. Yeah. I can, I, I, can, I, can I can feel that. I can feel that. Because I think because this country isn't designed for our people, I think a lot of the choices that we make are based off of, okay, like if I make this choice, what's going to happen? The same way people are hesitant about vaccinations, yeah. the same way people are hesitant about, you know, moving forward with a business. A lot of people have business, but then if you don't necessarily know what you're doing and you make a mistake, that's it, you know? Like, if you mess up one thing on your taxes, you know, yeah. and you have to pay this huge fine. So I feel like there are certain barriers that are put in that don't allow us to be able to gain a certain amount of wealth. And I, but in 2021, we are fortunate enough to have so many successful black people, mm -hmm. you know, male, female, older, younger. There's so much access to information being this is the social media age. Like, mm -hmm. it's really hard to not find the idea to help you with your, like, your your journey and, and finding like financial right. literacy I mean, and Google gives us everything <laughs> and, and social, you know, it's yeah. just, I think a lot of the main problem, we, we could blame the man and we could say they put up certain walls that we can't climb over. But a lot of the main problem is just not communicating with ourselves, you know, as a collective, a black, the black dollar, is only in the neighborhood for six hours before it's spent to like somebody else outside of our race. And we like to shop and we buy. Are like the I like to shop and buy. One consumers in the United States, and we are only thirteen percent of the United States. Hmm. What 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 sense does that make? You know. I think it makes sense, but it, it's it's like, how much of that percentage is going into savings? None how of much of that percentage is not being touched because, you know. Or even spending that money to a black-owned business, you know? Uh, <clears throat> investing into a rental property with like five or six of your friends. Everybody, like your closest friends, everybody put a certain amount in for an investment property, mm -hmm. you know, and everyone get a percentage of that every month. Where are we getting that money from? Just save. <laughs> yeah, like, yeah, the money's there. It's just the lack of communication with us, you know, or not having a strong team. Yeah. 
So. I mean, we don't have to, my bad, we don't have to be in a specific place to have Black Wall Street. Like, we can have Black Wall Street all over the United States, wherever we, we, we reside, just because we have social media that connects us within a snap of a finger, like on the phone. Definitely. So, and that's the thing where I, it, I guess maybe that's just one part of generational wealth. Because when I think about generational wealth, it's the family unit. Mm. And it's setting up your family for the future and mm. their future children and their children's children and all yeah, of that. Yeah, yeah. So for me, I think it's still confusing as to how we are able as a people or even if talking about my own personal journey, mm-hmm. how that's realistic. How? Uh, let's look at... Generational wealth is in, I can give our son $500,000. Yeah, yeah, yeah I, I And feel that, that $500 will double because I he's done that. something with it. But like we how? have to look at the process. Th- those people who enslaved our people work together in order to accumulate that generational wealth. Look Mm -hmm. at the Korean citizens in the United States who work together in order to open up nail shops, um, beauty supply stores. Mm -hmm. A lot of them are related and a lot of them are not. Mm -hmm. So they work together in order to like open up something where each of them could get a piece of the profit. And once you have enough, you can open up your own business. Mm-hmm. And then you can help one of your friends or one of your family members. And that keeps the money in. I think generational wealth is more than just having money for the family. I mean, that's a big aspect of it. But generational wealth is more so of having the money circulate within your quote unquote community or whether you're black community, Afro-American community, whatever, like having that money within the community, mm-hmm. you know? Yeah, definitely. But that's, I don't know, that's just how I see it. Um, successful policies, either singularly or in combination with others, will need to be large in scope to meet the challenges of eliminating the black white wealth gap hey Ooh. Julia how you doing bud <laughs> don't mind us Julia just came up from this uh, little nap oh you want to go over there <sighs> so um, do you have any ideas on how we can successfully put in policies to help the wealth gap? Reparations. Yeah. <laughs> that's, that's, that's what I, I think that's the first thing that popped up in my head. And I wasn't hesitant, but I'm just like, okay, that's it. Because if you look at other cultures that have been oppressed there's have been there've been some form of repar- reparations yeah even though it's up to us to decide what we do with the reparations we are to receive mm-hmm. at least we have a you know that 
bit of a head start to to meet the requirements of what it takes to have generational wealth. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I feel that um, reparations. Our new president, uh, Sleepy Joe, is trying to um, cut down on a lot of our student loans. Put some respect on our president's name. I mean, it? my bad. Sometimes <laughs> he just look a little sleepy to me. But um, yeah, I think he said up to like fifty thousand in student loan forgiveness. I mean, that's even that though, babe. Like, I feel like that's kind, but that should be mandatory already. You know what it I mean? Should like, be. I feel like, but it's a it's a really huge step. Like, a lot of yes, lot we of should be grateful there. for the, the the little things that we're provided. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. Like, we need to address redlining because that's still yeah. very prominent right yeah. now. Yeah. Um, we still need to address the fact that there are so many things that hinder our ability to gain generational wealth. Yeah, yeah. Um, how do you believe that generational wealth is linked to um, food and health inequalities? Absolutely. In what way? Food deserts in low-income communities Um some people not being able to afford health insurance, mm. you know, or when somebody in a family passes away, there's no money to bury that person or even have a, a going away service. Mm-hmm. You know, people have to start GoFundMe's and, and stuff like that, and raise money for that. That's 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 crazy. And how about just the life expectancy? Right, right. So you're unable to have an opportunity to yeah, live a know, good quality life, live a good quality life, but provide those um, little trinklets of putting your contributions for the success of your generational wealth. Yeah. Yeah. I feel that. I mean, look at what um, Marathon Continues was trying to do. Nipsey Hussle. Nipsey Hussle. Yeah, he was trying to buy back the hood. And what happened? He, he was assassinated. And even <laughs> though his up. his business continued, it's like who knows what other things he had envisioned mm-hmm, for mm-hmm, his family, mm-hmm. but for others in his community. The only thing about that is they will take out a lot of I hit a lot of our heroes, but. On the grander scheme of things, there are more of us than there is of them. There are more of us than there is of them, but how many of us have other things on our mind that hinder us from focusing on preserving or maintaining or gaining I get that, generational but wealth? Solving that major issue would help a lot of us, help a lot of those situations that keep us down and have Mm -hmm. things on our mind and stuff like that like I don't know man it's a lot of us need therapy (laughs) and money (laughs) and generational wealth Um, black workers often face labor market discrimination including being steered towards occupations that are less secure lower paying and have fewer benefits and career advancement opportunities. 
these systematic obstacles to gaining access to good jobs are especially prevalent in the private sector. Yep. How you feel about that? I feel that's real. That statement is real. I think, like I was saying about having higher education and a background that qualifies you mm-hmm. to have a six-figure income. Yeah. However, those you know, companies and businesses do not often select certain people for those roles. Yeah. And if they do, they, you know, bring hell upon somebody. So it's difficult to work yeah. in that environment. Yeah. So I think that there's little things like microaggressions, like discrimination and a lot of little pieces to the puzzle that hinders <laughs> us from being able to not get distracted from our goals. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. It's just, you know, I, I hate to say that, but I, you know, America's not designed for us. Yeah. And even if, even if it's not designed for us and we still continue to make plans for our families and make plans to have a certain level of generational wealth, it's not the majority of the case. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And with you saying that, you know, it'll take a certain hundred amount of years 250 that's i I don't know like why you know Mm -hmm. (laughs) why is it that way and how can it change because it's seeming like it's it it hasn't really progressed from when we came here yeah um opportunities to contribute to and benefit from innovation and advancements in technologies and thus building wealth and high value added industries and occupations are also limited to African-American innovators and entrepreneurs as federal government research funding regularly excludes them. Um, Five black households end up with a lower income and less wealth than white households as a result. So, um, kids in inner cities aren't really taught a lot of like coding or robotics or sciences, you know, the only way a child or a teen or even an adult will think they will be successful if they would go into sports or going to music or the arts and not really focus on any, anything that can create a secure um, um a secure lifestyle. I think of it as if you are educated under a system where you are not taught about your history or you are not taught by people that look like you or you don't have a connection with what's being discussed. Mm -hmm. Does that make you feel confident as a person to pursue Mm -mm. your dreams and goals? Mm -mm. Does that make you confident or as a person to feel like you're capable of deserving those things? I think that's why 
HBCUs are extremely important. Mm -hmm. Not only that, but having like black teachers, black male teachers, especially, Mm -hmm. you know, um, I've had a lot of like black um, women teachers and a lot of white ones, but on a very rare occasion, what I see, um, well, I didn't really have any black male teachers until high school, and I was like only one or two. How did that make you feel um, prior to high school for not having a male black teacher? I didn't really notice it, but I can understand now why it's important to see um, somebody who you can relate to in like a position that can like basically teach you something. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. <clears throat> I don't know. It's, I think there was a study that said um, black male teachers have a really positive impact on young um, black students in, in, in the school systems. Yeah. I think it's important. I feel like... <laughs> I feel like if you have... An educational system where you're teaching children to, you know, be prepared for the future. If you mm. don't have examples of what a future may look like based off of the child's experience or their background or people that come from their neighborhoods, mm. it, you know, it doesn't say that they can't learn from other people, but it's just an example of what they can be. Mm-hmm. What if there's a little black boy who looks at his black teacher saying, wow, I can do that. Yeah. And I don't have to be, you know, a certain type of way. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. Which is why off the tangent, I feel like you'd be a great teacher. Me? Yes. You act like you don't like kids, but you're so good with your own child. I like kids. I just don't have the patience. I'm like, I'm totally patient with Junior, but like other people's kids, you just want to be like, ah, <laughs> <laughs> sit down. Oh. Right. Um. The financial system strips black households of their wealth by denying them access to the same investment opportunities and affordable credit that white uh, white households have. This systematic bias makes it more difficult for black households to participate in the stock market. We talked about that Um, to start and grow their own business. Yeah. And to put away a rainy day fund while they carry more debt, such as car loans, credit card balances, Mm -hmm. and payday loans at the same time. That's my biggest fear. If I get sick and something happens to me, what's going to happen? You know what I mean? Like there's no rainy day check. (laughs) Yeah. And there's no guarantee that if you know something happens to anyone in our family that things will just be fine because then we have to think about okay money instead Mm -hmm. of like you know really celebrating the home going of somebody or really you know being supportive of another if they're ill it's it's just impossible right now yeah because i don't have that generational wealth or the fact that i wanted to travel the world (laughs) Before I went to school or after I went to school, but that just wasn't my reality. Yeah. It wasn't impossible, but that meant that I would have to take a credit card out. I never really thought about life insurance until um, 
we had Junior. Hmm. You know, because God forbid if and when something ever happens or if I grow old and, you know, die of old age, just putting a little bit of something aside and that insurance company would, like, help out the family. Mm. You know, for going home services or, you know, um, one of my old... um, neighborhood friends my mother used to babysit um her great her grandmother just passed away and um she had a really nice insurance plan and uh left the family uh five hundred thousand you know Mm. i mean it sucks to get generational wealth that way but it's it's a it's a really excellent option you know just for a backup plan Yeah. Generational wealth. I mean, it could be nice. Like, it could be nice if there's something like generational wealth. Because can you imagine? Mm -hmm. You don't don't really have to work if you don't want to. If you have something, you know, you don't have to rush into, like, finding out what you want to do or, like, (laughs) you know. There's there's always something that can give you a buffer to figure out what you want to do or give you a buffer to, like, decide where you want to go to school. And if you can't, you know, if you don't get that scholarship, you could still go to school and have it paid off. So earlier you mentioned something about reparations. Like, what does that mean to you? Just like a big payday that just give us everybody a million (laughs) dollars? Well, unfortunately, I don't know if I qualify for reparations because technically. In general, what does that mean? What does that mean? It means that a lot of Amazon packages will be shipped the day we get reparations if I want that to happen then I can because that's Mm -hmm. my money but I think that reparations (coughs) acknowledges the fact that we have such a huge gap wealth gap Mm -hmm. in this society for a reason yeah and I think that because we built this country we deserve to have you know the, the payment that we deserve instead of being enslaved and having to do something with free labor. Yeah. Yeah, I feel that. I think a lot of, like, the negative things we just spoke on should be looked at by the government and outside forces, you know, um, redlining, um, discrimination in the workplace, mm-hmm. um, giving children access to um, sciences and, and 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 tech companies and coding and robotics, like all the the future stuff that's happening now, we need to be involved in, so we can have a foot in that space. Like having a, a, a black Bill Gates, you know what I mean? Like yeah, things I- like that, and just situations like food deserts, mm-hmm. you know. Um, It's, it's it's a lot. I think it's, it's a lot more than, I mean, don't get me wrong. I'll be happy with a nice fat check, but I don't think a lot of us have the financial discipline or the financial literacy to mm-hmm. use that check in a positive manner. I think it'll be a lot of Gucci belts out here. It'll be a lot of uh, uh, 
cars, new cars and shit, like a lot of us have the mindset, the mind state of being flashy, you know, because our mm-hmm. heroes are that um, having big bricks of money next to our ears because that's the cool thing to do instead of like or buying like uh, 500 pair of Nikes instead of putting that money into Nike stock so your money yeah. accumulates. I mean I would be happy with 40 acres in a mule and just <laughs> start that my too. own farm because you know I was listening to a podcast and they were talking about the 40 acres in a mule and you know if we were to have that that would be a form of generational wealth because it's worth a trillion dollars exactly. now. Exactly, exactly. But I think going back to me saying that this country isn't designed for us, I do believe that if we make those changes and if we're involved in those changes, that means that people that have generational wealth are willing to share the wealth mm. of this country. And mm. part of the delay, I believe, is the fear of having others have the same access and opportunities. Yeah. Because then what's left for them? Exactly. And I don't think they should look at it that way because I believe that if everybody gets an advantage, then this country may be better. They don't want it better, though. Right. So I don't I don't you know, know if those changes would be made anytime soon. They don't want it better. Because know? that means a different if, America. If they wanted this country to be amazing, it would start in the schools. It would start in um, the health care system. It will start, um, you know, just people having common decency to, like, just appreciate your neighbors. You know what I mean? When you say it starts in the school, do you mean schools have to implement the real history and the real information about each person? Because we do have educational systems that are from a Western perspective mm-hmm. and only tell the story from the eyes of a, a white person. That. And, like, focusing on children are already brilliant. But just giving them the tools in order to succeed and flourish no matter what race, creed, or background they come from. Mm -hmm. No matter if it's in a predominantly white school downtown D.C. or in a um, um, a mostly minority community, like give people the same tools and access and learning and just don't label, you know, certain problem kids with disabilities because you don't want to deal with them. Like there's a significant amount of just labeling black boys and black girls and minority kids with disabilities because of one they don't want to deal with them and two they'll get a check from the state instead of just figuring out how that child learns you know what I mean taking that time to nurture and water and, 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 and feed that child in order to for that child to be great because also what is school what are we setting ourselves for? It's an institution. What are we selling ourselves for? Like, I think that's also the advantage that's given. It's like you're educating people to do what? 
Mm. And and there's, you know, some people that can gain from the education that they're getting because that's their history, mm. that's their culture. But for those that aren't within those cultures, it's a little bit difficult to relate. Or even just teaching kids that the world is is yours yes, to wander, period. you know, because a lot of like, you know, non-minority schools, they teach their ch- children that the world is yours. You can go wherever you want. You can travel. You can take a gap year off of, of, of college and travel the world and you can do this and you can do that. You could. That same mentality needs to be instilled in every child in the United States of America, no matter what background, what race, what creed, you know what I mean? That's how you make a, a better United States. That's how you make um, a better world. You have to keep the children curious hmm. because you and me, we're going to get old as shit one day and we won't be able to do anything. But that man, that little dude sleeping on your chest right now, he's the future of this, this whole shit. So what seeds are you planting for your child? The seeds that I'm planting in him is understand your value as a person. Because mm. a lot of these kids and people and even adults don't see or understand their value. And once you don't have value, you just don't feel like you have a purpose or a use. Like, you just a tool in the shed that's not being used. Use your tools. Use your tools. Yeah. Do you think in your lifetime you're capable of starting something? Absolutely. That is equivalent or... That is generational wealth or a form of generational wealth? Absolutely. Hmm. In my perfect world, in my perfect reality, um, starting these new business ventures, creating capital, saving that capital, putting it back into like rental properties, apartments. We've been talking about this for like almost two years now. You know, having something for Junior to, if he wants to go to college, that's fine. If he doesn't, and he just wants to manage a few properties, not have debt, and already, like, get real-world experience in whatever he wants to pursue, that's that's cool with me, too. Or if he wants to go to trade school and learn how to be an auto technician, an electrician, a plumber, those are really high-paying jobs. Like, I understand the, the push of college, but I don't want that to be his only option. I don't want him to fall victim to what I was. You got to go to school. You got to do this. You got to go to college and end up going to a, excuse my lack of a better language, but a bullshit-ass for-profit school. Mm. Yeah. It's... It's, it's important. I think it's important to plant seeds. Mm-hmm. I think it's important to know exactly what the plan is <laughs> for the future because 
that's how, you know, you can build a foundation for yeah. your future generations. Yeah. Yeah. You got any seeds that you plan in junior? Oh, I have many seeds that I plan in junior. <laughs> and I think that the main the main one for me is for him to understand that, like you said, the world is his. Mm -hmm. And with that being said, my goal is to guide him through life based off of what he's curious about mm -hmm. and what he wants to pursue. So it's not me projecting my goals, yeah. but me lifting him up and letting him know that he's capable giving him the tools of, yeah so you know he's over here drumming and like liking music yeah so if that's what he wants to do but then the next day he decides that he wants to play tennis and let's play tennis mm -hmm. you know mm -hmm. so just making it a world where it's catered for his interests and catered for his skills and his talents but I think the most thing that I do want to instill in him is that importance of education, not necessarily institutional-based education as far as, you know, mm -hmm. that aspect, but having a level of intelligence of knowing that, okay, if I want to navigate in a space or if I want to be the best musician, I have to train myself under mm -hmm. those specific things. Even if I don't want to, you know be a, a talented or famous person, I still have the tools and know how I can build my own business or how I can move forward in that in that field. Yeah. So just just being able to provide and give an access. And I think that's the reason why <laughs> at this moment I've made sacrifices. Because all I want to do is just paint all day, but made sacrifices to know that okay even though I'm still trying to pursue my goals, my priority is making sure that, okay, if he can go to school, there's money to go to school. If he wants to go to a sport, there's money to go to a sport. So just planting those seeds so that he's capable of doing what he wants to do. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that's a, a good point to end on. Mm -hmm. um, yeah, generational wealth, man. Get you some. Yeah. Uh, here's your quote of the day. When wealth is lost, nothing is lost. When health is lost, something is lost. When character is lost, all is lost. Don't forget to like, subscribe, share, comment, and uh, have a great day, people. We love you. Thank you.